Lord, I just thank you that we can come together as a family this morning. I thank you for your presence in this place. And Lord, we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, that you would have your way here. Angels, we welcome you here. Just come and fill this place, Lord. Just increase your presence here, Lord, that we would continue to worship you, have our hearts open and mind renewed by your word. Lord, that if there's things in our life that you put a finger on, that we would just stay open. Because when you speak to us, it's to help us to grow, that you love us too much to just leave us sometimes in the puddle we get ourselves in, that you want to help us to rise and soar and run the race that you've set before us. So I pray that our hearts will be soft toward the word today and the word that you've laid on my heart. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You say amen before I tell you what I'm speaking on this morning. But uh, I just want to share with you this morning a a word that's been simmering away in my spirit for quite a few months, probably because the Lord uh, put his finger on it in me. And so what I get, you get later. So isn't that good? (laughs) But um, I want to talk about consistency this morning. Are you saying amen still? Yep. (laughs) It's consistency. And uh, it's a good time of the year to talk about consistency because it's the start of the year. And, you know, if we're going to make some changes, the start of the year is a great time to go, right, we're going to just run with this. And um, I was looking at um, making goals and setting a purpose um, for, for the year. And one of the things I really noticed is that you go through your list and all of us, well, most of us will have a list in our, in, our, in our minds or written down of all the things we should do, don't we? Who has a list of things you should do, whether in your head or in your heart or somewhere in the back of your journal somewhere? Oh, these are the things I should be doing. I should be exercising. I should be eating right. I should be going and, you know, doing that bit of study. I should be, should be, should all those things. And one of the things that really God spoke to him about is, that you can sometimes be overwhelmed with that list. And we need to quite often take a little check and reflect. Reflection is good for the soul. And go, are those things on my list things that are just really coming behind me and kicking me up the pants all the time and making me feel bad? And it's things that other people or I have put on myself that I should be doing, but God hasn't actually said you should be doing. And so this is a time of the year where we go, you know what, I shouldn't be doing that. This is what I can do. Not what I should do, but what I can do. And that frees you up because then you're not weighed down with all this baggage from the past year where you missed something or didn't do it and are going, oh, I know, if I'd started that back then, I'd be this now or I'd be, th- I'd be at this place or I would have this amount of money saved or I'd be out of debt this much or I'd you know, weigh this much or whatever it is. And it's like, so we need to take out the should do and what can I do? Is that good? Does that just lift a bit of the weight off? Because God doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. He gives us assignments. He gives us things that he wants us to do. They're written in our book in heaven. They're things that he wants us to do. And when he wants us to do it, he will make us able to do it. And the world and even ourselves is very good at making you should be doing that. I hear that all the time. Don't you think you should be doing that? Well, who says I should be doing that? So you just sometimes got to, this time of the year especially, just flick that off and go, you know what? 
I shouldn't be doing that. God, what can I do? Amen? So that just prelude to my message on consistency, to take off that weight and go, what can you do this year? So about a year ago, God spoke to me and I, we um, spoke, it was a series we, we talked about lifting your lid. He remembers that, or has heard online, lifting your lids. And uh, we all have lids in our lives where we're limited. Um, when we limit our potential and our growth is limited by the lid that we put on our life. And uh, it limits what God wants to do in our life and all that he wants to make us to be. And uh, God spoke to me. Because fortunately, those lids can be lifted. You know, you don't, you don't have to have those lids. It's not like you have to stay, oh, I'm just this way and I'm, that's all there is. You know, God is in the business of lifting our lids and making us all that he created us to be. He says he has a plan and a purpose and that nothing is impossible with him. And even where your circumstances or your personality or your family background or your finances or your education might say, this is your lid, God says, I'm in the business of lifting your lid. So when you put your hands, your life in his hand, he is the lid lifter. And so he said to me, I was like, well, God, what's my lid? And I've shared a couple of times before that he spoke very clearly and said, one of your lids is that you're not very consistent in some areas of your life. Now, I thought I was a very consistent person and I was a little bit offended at God for saying that. Has anybody ever been offended when God and the Holy Spirit's put his number on you? And uh, I, I remember very clearly, he said, you're not consistent enough. And I was a bit ultchy about that for quite a while. I was none of, not impressed. Um, you know, I get all inspired about something and then you run out of steam. Or something happens and then you don't get back to what you started. And that's where I wasn't consistent. I would go, yes, we're going to do this. Or I've got to, I'm going to do this around the house. Or I'm going to do this for the kids. Or I'm going to do this at church. Or that person over there I'm going to put into their life. Or I'm going to reach out to that person. And you get, yes, you know, all excited. And then something happens or life comes in the way and you let go of that. Anybody been there? Yeah? And especially at this time of the year where how many days does it take most people to let go of the New Year's resolutions? Yeah. But God, he said, he's lovely and he says, you know, when he puts his finger on an area of life, he just doesn't leave you there. You go, well, you're not consistent or you're, you know, you need to be more forgiving or this or that. He, he, is, he wants us to grow. He wants to develop us into the person he created us to be. And he knows all the potential that's sitting in there and he wants to lift our lids. And he doesn't just leave us here. If he puts his finger on something in life, he's going to enable you to shift it. He's going to enable you to grow. He's going to enable you to make good choices. It's when we press into him that he enables us to do that. And if you look at uh, Jesus, he's a great example of consistency. And Jesus should always be our benchmark. He should be the one that we look to. Not everybody else. You know, you can have mentors and you can have good examples, but ultimately the one we look to is Jesus. And Jesus is the most consistent consistent that you'll ever see. He consistently loves. He consistently forgives. He consistently is there for us. He consistently gives us strength. He's our benchmark on consistency. You know, he, at the Bible in Hebrews 13, it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews chapter 13. I write it up. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if Jesus is like that, he says, you be like me. You be my disciples. A disciple is somebody who follows the example. 
Yeah, so Jesus is consistent and he wants us to be consistent. He isn't fickle. He hasn't changed his mind from one day to another. And he, he's the one that we look to. So when you're feeling a little bit like, oh, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. You just look to him and his consistency will flow into your life, which is pretty cool because we can't be consistent by ourselves. Well, you can, but you'll wear yourself out. You know, and you can't have these burdens and oh, I'm, you know, I'm never measuring up. So Jesus is the one we look to. You know, even the best business plans, goals, anything that you set in life will fail without a dedication to consistency. If we say we're going to do something, we do it. If we say we're going to be somewhere, be there. If we initiate a new process or initiative, we follow through. Consistency is a must as you build and grow in your life. And that's what God wants us to be. Because you look through the word, you see the people that were great. You see the people that got things done for God's kingdom. You see the people that you just get inspired by. What's the one thing that was constant in their life is that they were faithful and consistent year after year after year. They didn't mess up and fall down. And if they did, they got back up and kept on running the race. They didn't lie there and go, oh, well, that's it now. Yeah, you look at Samuel, you know, he was a consistent man of God. From the moment God called him as a child, he consistently listened to God and spoke what he said, even when it was uncomfortable. You look at David, well, he was, you know, he had his inconsistent moments, but he just didn't lie down then when he was inconsistent. He got back up and he got himself brushed off and he kept on going. The heroes of our faith, when we look at them, they all have that in common, that they are consistent. They stay consistent. And uh, if you've, I just want to share a couple of points of why consistency is so important in our life. Because we can know out here, but I want us to get it in here and in here this morning. Because if we stay consistent, we'll run the race to much better. And we won't get to the end of 2015 going, I could have done that. I should have done that. You say, I did do that. I can do that. You know, it's like if you put your, all, your life and all the amount of days, if you knew them, in a jar and each, each day was represented by a jelly bean because, you know, life's sweet. <laughs> and each day in that jar, which would be quite big if you're me because I'm going to live a long time, that you take out a jelly bean. Now, when you first go along taking out the jelly beans out of that jar, you know, you don't really notice but as you go by in life and the years go by and the days go by, the jelly bean level gets lower and lower. You know, and God wants us to use the life that we've been given to grow and develop to all that he created us to be. That we won't look back and have regrets. And I know some of us do, but you know what? God is a great restorer of regrets where we have missed out, where we have messed up, where we've been disappointed. And Philip spoke last year about, last week about how God wants to restore, that he's calling this year the year of restoration. And it's not just here that he's spoken that. I love when God speaks and he speaks it all over the place. And if you go on the internet and go on a lot of church sites at the moment, you'll see that God is proclaiming that 2015 is the year of restoration. I got really excited because you know when God speaks and you go, oh I'm hearing because over there saying that too. Church after church after church, preacher after preacher is saying God has spoken and said that 2015 is a year of restoration. Now come on now, you got to give a shout. Yeah, 
So when we have messed it or missed it and wasted a day because we were inconsistent or we let things come at us, God says that if you grab hold of him and let his goodness and his consistency and his strength and his power flow into you, that you will look back at this year and go, look what God has done. Look what God has done. Look what he has restored. Look what he has picked up. Look what he has done in me. And that's why I want to talk about consistently this morning. Because when we grab hold of that, God's going to do something. And that is the gap that often is missing between the restoration that God wants to give and where we are now. Is that that we consistently hold on through the year and don't just go, oh, that was January. Amen? So here's why consistency is important. Just to inspire you. Okay, here we go. Number one, consistency allows for measurement. Until you have tried something new for a period of time and in a consistent manner, you can't decide if it works or not. How do you measure effectiveness if what you are measuring isn't performed consistently? New initiatives, processes, structures should be given at least six months before judging them a success or failure. And often it's not throwing everything out, it's just minor tweaking in your life or in your workplace and your family that most those things that you started out to do work. But too often we let go and just go, oh, well, that didn't work. We read God's word and we go, well, I've spent the last 30, 20, 40 years doing it this way. I'll try this for a week and see if it works. Come on now. You spend all that time putting all the world stuff in, putting all religious stuff in, putting all the rubbish that everybody else has said about your life in, and you think being consistent is one week. Uh Uh-uh. Come on now. Because when we are consistent in God's word day after day, hour after hour, week after week, month after month, we will see it work. We will see things change in our life. But you see why consistency is so important? Because when God speaks something, if we aren't consistent, we don't know if it's actually going to come about or not because we let go too early. Yeah? So you can't just go, oh, well, that didn't work. It's the same as a diet or a nice eating plan or, you know, you're trying something with your kids. You're going, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. You know, you see it with, with, as parents, if you're not consistent with discipline, if you go, well, you know, if you do that, I'm going to do this. You've got one, two, three, and you, and you threaten to do something and you don't do it, they're just going to ignore you. Yeah? Anybody seen that? Or you've had your mum or dad do that? And you just go, oh, whatever. You have to be consistent in every area of your life. If you're going to get up and do some exercise, it's not that you do it one day and then, you know, six months later, oh, well, you know, that didn't work. I'm still the same. Yeah? You have to be consistent. And see, that's why, why it's so important. And you, and you cannot measure success of something if you're not consistent in it. You can't know if it's a success or failure, if it worked for you, if you don't keep on being consistent. And sometimes you've got to tweak things. You've got to tweak things. In your home, you might have to tweak how you're, you're dealing with one another or where you're dealing with your family or in your workplace. Or you might have to go, you know what? Reading the Bible at 5 o'clock in the morning does not work for me. So I'm going to do it at seven, or I'm going to do it at lunch break, or I'm going to put it on my phone so I can read it. You know, be sensible. Just don't go, yes, I'm going to be consistent, and then make things hard for you. Think about it. Yeah? Number two, consistency, consistency creates accountability. We need to be accountable, and it make it a priority to establish consistent and reoccurring times when we are accountable. 
Let other people into your world who can ask the hard, ouchy questions. The simple fact is that if you set a time, a consistent time to report on your progress, it is often a catalyst that moves your goal to a successful end. So consistency in your life, where you choose to be consistent, makes you accountable to what you've chosen to do. And then get somebody else involved. Now, God put his finger on this too. He, he, he gave me a good kick, you know, and he said, right, you don't have somebody that you will allow to speak into your life that's outside of your little realm of, you know, whatever. And so he gave me a name. Now, I hadn't seen this lady for probably 15 years. And I was like, she doesn't even know I am, but she did. God knew, and she just this name kept on coming up. You've got to ring her. Go and ring her. Now, she is nearly 80 years old. She's been a church planter. She's been a missionary. She's on boards of international mission things all over the world. She's a preacher. She's a mum. She's a wife. She's a, she has a story. And if there's one person who can nail me, I'll tell you what, Isabel can. And so she, God said, I want you to go and see her. She was delighted to see me. We go out, and she... I'll be sitting there and I'll just be talking and she's very clever. (laughs) I'll just be talking away and then she'll look at me and go, and how's this? And I'll go, ooh. (laughs) And she'll just start to talk to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm hearing it. Yeah, yeah. And she'll just give me this little smile. She's very nice about it. But she nails me on stuff. And and she'll tell a little story, but she knows because she's prayed before she sees me. Now, those are the people that we want in our life to hold us accountable and make us consistent. If you choose to do something and you don't tell anybody else about it, who's going to keep you to your, accountable to your consistency? So even though it's a pain and even though it doesn't sound very easy and you don't really want, you know, I can do it by myself. No, you can't. You need other people in your life to help you be consistent and that you will be accountable and you are allowed to speak into your life and go, you know what? How's this going? Because we cannot do it by ourselves. That's why the church exists. That's why we come together. That's why we meet together. That's why we have connect. Because God knows that one who is out there by themselves isn't easy to pick off by the enemy. And so he gets us in little groups and he helps us. And I'll tell you what, if you're not sure who to ask, God will tell you. And it could be somebody that you haven't seen, but they're the right person. Even if you haven't seen them for years and years and you don't think they know anything about you, if God, God points you out, them out to you, they're the right person. And they'll be somebody that you know you can't get round. It's awesome. But it's good. So I praise the Lord for Isabel, who I make myself see on a regular, consistent, monthly basis. So... Consistency creates accountability if you allow people to come into your world and they'll help you be consistent. Number three, consistency establishes your reputation and makes you relevant. You can't establish a track record if you're constantly shifting and changing to new tactics. Many efforts fail before they get to the finish line, not because the tactic was flawed or the goals weren't clear. The problem is often that we simply didn't stay the course to achieve the objective. We didn't give it time. So when you want to set a track record of this is the type of person I want to be in my workplace, in my church life, in my family, in my relationships, you've got to set a track record. And the way you do that is by being consistent. If you want people to listen to what you have to say, then be consistent. People pay as much or more attention to what you do as to what you say. 
Your consistency serves as a model for others around you. People are watching. People are watching. That's why we're called the light of the world. Your consistency serves as a model for your family members, for your children, for your team at work, for your sporting team, for your social group. Whatever you do, your consistency and how you do your life, people are watching. And God wants us to shine for him and to glorify him. And too often as Christians, we let him down because we are not consistent. We're not consistent and we won't allow ourselves to be accountable on it. And God wants us to be consistent. If you treat something as unimportant, don't be surprised when you find those around you thinking it's unimportant too. If you're consistently late... Others will be consistently late. If you want, you know, you want the result in your team at work or in your family, you want, to, you want this to change, then you be consistent in it. You be consistent because what you do and what you say, people are listening and watching. It works across our whole life, you know. It's not just compartmentalised, well, this is my spiritual consistent self and the rest of it I'll just be this flaky person who's all over the shop. As my mum says, you're all over the place like a sneeze. You know? Oh, gross. Yeah, but it is gross when you're you're all over the place and flaking out all over the place. Oh, I'm very consistent. I'm at church every Sunday, but the rest of the week, come on now. God wants us to be consistent. Look to make your course regular and consistent that men may know beforehand what they may expect. If your course is regular, not only will people know what to expect beforehand, but so will you. So will you. It's not like you're going to get out of bed and you're the happy face one minute and then you're this, I don't know, something else the next. Yeah? What does your family expect from one day to the next from you? Let's be consistent people because then our relationships and our family and our workmates are not going to wonder what's coming in the door. Be consistent. And I mean, be good consistent too, please. <laughs> Don't just take this, oh, I'm going to be this crazy person, consistent, emotional, or you know what? And woman, that is no excuse for once a month we can be consistently crazy. It's not cool. It's not cool. I'm going to talk about it in church. It's not, cons- it's not great that if once a month when we're having our monthly menstruation that we're crazy people. Get God in the middle of that. Because he will help you to be consistently steady and on the level. Amen? (laughs) Okay, the power of consistently. God has been showing me about it, as you obviously have picked up now, that when we are consistent, it has a flow-on effect to those around us. And that's what God wants it to be. That's why he talks about it. That's why he was consistent. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he wants us to be those people that others can depend on, that others can look to and go, hey, let's be like them. You know, Paul said, follow my example. He was consistent. Jesus said it. He was consistently loving and kind. He consistently healed all those who came to him. Not, oh, well, you know, I'm not having a very good healing day today. Did he ever do that? No, he didn't. Those who came to them, he healed. Those who came to him, he set free. All those who came to him, he loved and had compassion on. And he says, you be the same because he's going to bring people that need it from you. And he wants to know that he can depend on you because you're the same yesterday, today and forever. And you may not be at that place yet, but that's the road he wants you to be on. So you can just lay off all that I should be this and go, what can I be, God? And he says, you you can be consistent. 
Because when he calls us to be something, he enables us by his power of his Holy Spirit to be just that. He says he empowers us to life and godliness. Yeah? So when God puts puts his finger and I'm sitting there watching you and some of you are... You know, you can think where you haven't been consistent. He doesn't leave you feeling like a failure. If you ask for his help, he gives it. If we press into him and abide in him and spend time with him, he causes us to be like him. You know, I've talked about Basil the branch, the story, and how the branch was trying to produce grapes all by itself and was wearing himself out. And all he had to do is turn and look at the vine. All we've got to do is turn and look to Jesus and just concentrate on how he was and what he says and do and speak those things. It's not easy, but it's simple, the Christian life. God's never said it'd be easy, but it's very, very simple. Just look to me, love me, and all that stuff will flow into your life if you allow it to and you let go of all the other stuff. So God, when you do that, He'll start to speak to you. He'll show you where you need to be more consistent, but he'll also show you the vision and plan and purpose he has for your life. He'll show you what it is. Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Somebody's looking for Kids Church. He'll show you what it is that he has planned for you, and he'll help you to reach the goal. He'll teach you how to be consistent. He won't just leave you in the puddle that we get ourselves in. So I want to share with you, just as I finish, what it is that the Lord spoke to me and, some, and how he's been showing me how to be consistent and what he's been telling me. So you're not allowed to laugh, all right? So after the Lord told me that I wasn't very consistent, he started to reveal to me in my quiet time something. You know, I'd close my eyes and I'd be reading the word and I'd close my eyes to spend time with him. I'd have worship music on, which I found really helpful. It's just to find some songs that talk about Jesus and put them on and it lifts us and our, and our hearts and our minds to think about him. And so as I was doing that, I'd close my eyes and I'd see myself running. Running. I'm like, what do you And then I'd, you know, next day I'd come along and I'd see myself running. And all the time I could just, I'd be standing at the kitchen and I'd see myself running. And I would have this picture of myself running. And I could almost feel what it felt like to run. It was that strong, this impression of you're you're running. And it was this really exhilarating, yes, look at me, running. Now, I had uh, um, started the Couch to 5Ks. Has anybody seen that app or heard me talk about it? The Couch to 5Ks. And I had to start, I even started with Ivan. Now, Ivan's very gracious and he doesn't laugh at me running. But I'd started that months back and petered out. And um, my daughters, they even tell me that I look like Phoebe off Friends when I run. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, 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 the Lord didn't show me I ran like that. That's my horrible daughter. <laughs> no, they're lovely, really, but they just laugh at me. Anyway, the Lord said, now... After showing me that for weeks and weeks, because that's what God does when he speaks to you and shows you areas in your life that he wants to touch. And sometimes it's far out things. And you think, how does that relate to that? But I want to show you how it does. Is that he'll, he'll put a vision or a dream or a plan in, his heart, in your heart from him and he'll show you. And when, as, he, as he shows you and as you do it, he'll teach you things. Because God never wastes an opportunity to work on us. Because we're his masterpiece and he's not finished with you. Until you get to heaven, he's not done. Yeah, he's constantly working on us. So the Lord said after a while, right, it's time you went running. 
Um, Rightio, I've had the same pair of sneakers for 10 years. And, um, <laughs> um, and he says, and when you run, I'm going to teach you some things and I want you to run. So I got back out my app <laughs> that had been sitting dormant on my phone and um, I said, Rightio. Now, the app Couch to 5Ks, I'm going to give them a plug here, is that you, you start to run a, a certain amount of seconds seconds to start with and eventually over eight weeks it is 5k's that you're running straight. Now I've shared with some of you that I got a disease in my knee as a teenager in my knees and that I stopped running. I used to run up the hills in New Zealand, a very hilly, I used to push mum up the hills even <laughs> and I and you know I'd run and I used to run in the cross country. I was very determined. I might be the one at the end cry my eyes out, but I was still running, you know. And I was very determined, stubborn about it. I'm going to run. And then I got this disease in my knees, and I couldn't run. I could hardly walk. I couldn't climb stairs without chronic pain. And all through my teenage years, I had that. By the time I got healed at 18, 19 years old. Um, I was married and, and if you ever lived in Kagula, you don't want to run up and down the streets by yourself because there's too many dogs. And if you run past the house, they come out at you and they'll bite you. So I wasn't going to run up and down those streets. And I was too besotted and focused on him up there. So, um, you know, I was, wasn't going to run anywhere. I didn't have to run. He caught me. So, um, <laughs> so... And then I started having babies. So you have babies, you have one, and then you're feeding them and you haven't had enough sleep, and then you have two and three and four and five and six, if you're us. And so, you know, the running got chucked out the window because when you have two hours sleep, you're not interested in running at five o'clock in the morning. But God decided I was ready now. You're getting sleep. The last two years, it's the first time in 22 years where I had a full night's sleep. So praise the Lord for that. So he said, righty, are you ready? So I started running. Now, couch to cat 5Ks, you run for 30 seconds and then you have a rest for a minute and a half. Now, <laughs> I started running for 30 seconds. <gasps> and I'm running, I'm thinking, how on earth am I going to do this? And so I'm like, all right, so that's day one. And they let you do it for three days in a row, you know, like you have a day in between. And so it's on your phone and they're going, come on, runner. And I'm like, got your headphones on. So 30 seconds. Then it goes to a minute. So I'm running for a minute and I'm looking at Philip and I'm going, how are we going to do this? Anyway, and then when it came to the day that we ran three minutes straight, <laughs> we got to the end. And we're like this. And you get walk breaks in between. So you run three minutes, you walk five minutes and you run another three minutes. And so you, you're kind of like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do that? But... Um, when, you, when you make a decision and God puts his finger on being more consistent and then he says, I want you to run, you either disobey and go back to bed or you get out of bed and you do it. So I made a decision. All right, God, you keep on showing me that I'm running. You're obviously, if you're showing me, I can do this. And so I made a decision. My flesh and my mind were screaming, no, stay in bed, stay in bed, you know, but but my spirit was saying, come on, runner, get out of bed. I get out of bed and my legs and my, and my feet were like, oh, that's so sore. Maybe I shouldn't run. Maybe I've hurt myself. Oh, and, and my mind was going over and over. And I'd say, Lord, what do you want me to do? He says, put your shoes on, walk out the door. And as I did that, you know what? Every problem would disappear. You know, the enemy will try and stop you and your body and your mind will try and stop you. But your spirit knows what to do. And so I made a decision that every second day I would get out of bed. And sometimes when a school's on, I've got to get out of bed at 5.15 to get time to go for a run. 
And so I will run. And, and sometimes in the middle of the day, I'm tired, so I have to have a little nanny lap. I'm a nanny. I'm a granny, so I can have a granny nap. But uh, yeah, I do. I have to have a rest. But uh, I decided I'm going to be consistent with this because I have found over the last couple of months that when I, because I have chosen to be consistent in this area of my life, that it's had this wonderful flow over effect to other areas where I might have gone, oh, I'm too tired to there, oh, I'm too busy, I need to go and pray or I need to go and do this with this person, that you know what? It's helped me be more consistent. You know, I pray with the chaplains every second week and I go around one after the other and there's more and more that I have to see now because I've chosen to do that because God laid it on my heart. But often, I, you know, before I would have gone, oh, I'm, I'm, look at my schedule, I can't fit it in, I'll see you next week. But as I have chosen to be consistent in this very fleshy, hard thing to do, it's flowed on over into other areas of my life. And so I just, I've just made a decision. I'm going to, this is one thing I can do. There is nothing wrong with this body. I can do this. Amen? Now, God has been showing me some things as I run. Number one, when you step out to do something consistently, there will be opposition. Don't think that when God starts to speak to you about your consistency in an area of your life so that you can lift your lid and that he can make you the person that he created and and formed you to be and make this year a year of restoration, that it will not go unopposed. The devil does not like consistent people. He does not like consistent Christians. He doesn't like it and he will fight it. He will fight it in any way he thinks will work because he is familiar with your little track record too. He knows the buttons to push and he will send those demons in to push your buttons. Whether it be that he wakes the neighbours up across the road at crazy hours of the night so you don't get enough sleep, so you don't get out of bed to pray or to run or to exercise or whatever. He knows. So don't think that when you're going to be choose to be consistent in an area of life that it will not go unopposed. And just watch it and go, you know what? I'm not giving in to that. And he gets sick of that area and he'll leave you alone. Your body will react, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you've been running for 10 minutes, because I'm up to 10 minutes straight now, woohoo, I'm not far now for 5Ks, is that your body will tell you you are crazy. Do you know how old you are? And you'll have this little dialogue going on in your mind. <laughs> and it's like, just just push it away and see, you know, be sensible. If you've sprained your ankle and you've fallen over flat on your face, don't go running the next day. But, you know, you're, it's going to be opposed. People will say things. Some of my family members <laughs> tell me I look like Phoebe when I run. Now, I can get out and walk past the man who walks his dog every, <laughs> every day and looks at me funny. Um, and, you know, in my, in my shorts with my very white legs sticking out the bottom. And I can go, oh, goodness, can I just go back to bed? No, you got to, that opposition will come from people who make comments. What are you doing that for? No, no, it's okay. And uh, it's going to be come. So when you choose to be consistent, God's showing me that opposition will come. The next thing he's showing me is don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Some days are very hot when I go running and I look funny. I look funny. I come home and I look in the mirror and my face is beetroot. (laughs) It is so red. The kids sometimes, they'll be up and I'll come through the door at 6.15 or something. I'll go, Mum, are you all right? (laughs) And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I look in the mirror and I am red. And I know that I look funny when the man with the dog, <laughs> I've got my headphones in, and he goes, are you all right, love? <laughs> As I'm running past him. So 
Number two about when God shows you something to be insistent on is don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You can't worry about what everybody else thinks. Otherwise, it's going to change your mind on being consistent. You have to set your course that God has laid on your heart. I can do this and do it. And I've actually learned that I worry a lot about what everybody else thinks too much. I realise that I do. When I put my new shorts on and I'm walking past these very bronzed, blonde, beautiful women at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I really do. I worry about what other people think. As I'm running down Tapper Road and the cars are coming back and forth, I'm like, I just want to get past this stretch because then I can hide in the trees. I realise that I worry about what everybody else thinks. When I see the man who looks at me funny or I go, Lord, I don't want to run down my street. Can I just stop there? I don't want to run in front of the neighbours. I worry about what everybody else thinks. You cannot be like that to be consistent. You've got to set your eyes on the goal and go for it. And that leads me to you've got to focus on your destination and goals. Um, Watching the time or the times or the season around you is okay every now and then to look, but it is much easier and less distracting to focus on your destination and your goal and the thing that God has put in your heart to be consistent. And I found that because the runner app, it talks to you and it's a time. And I didn't have my app one day with me. I didn't have my phone. So I just knew how far I had to run and then could walk. And I realised that it's okay to have your time there, but it's much easier to focus on the end of the street. If you're constantly looking at the time, you get distracted. It's okay to every now and then look at it. But if you stay, you focus on the destination, you run a lot better. And that's in life too. God, God, he's my running coach and he kind of teaches me as I run all life, little things about life. And it's like that, is that when God gives you a course and he, says, and he sets things in front of you, a plan and a purpose, is don't get distracted about what's happening on around the world. Boy, you could get distracted at the moment. Don't let things that are happening or the finances or the terrorists or anything else distract you from what God has set you to do. Keep your eye on the destination. Yes, look around every now and then to see what's going on, but don't make it be this all-consuming thing that you're constantly looking at the time. You know, constantly looking at the time. I, you know, I found that I would be worrying, Lord, what are you doing? You're taking so long to bring the promises that you've spoken to me about, and you're looking at the time all the time. You've got a lot of time. God isn't concerned about the time. He wants to get you to the destination. So I've learnt through running... You see, God, he's clever, isn't he? He puts his finger on one area and all this other stuff comes out. It's focus on your destination and goals. Every now and then look at the time and the seasons around you, but don't let it distract you. It takes concentration to stay focused and not be swayed by circumstances and others or what's going around you. Being consistent and doing what you're made to do also inspires others. That's what I've found. When I was consistent about this area of my life, it inspired others. I'm running along and the Lord will be talking to me. And I'll go, oh, there's so many cars this morning, Lord. And he says, it's okay, you're inspiring others to run. You're inspiring others to get out there. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And I found that was true. I go and visit my chaplains and I'll tell them that I'm doing this. And, you know, I'll bounce in at Monday morning to pray with them. And they'll ask what I'm doing. Oh, I'm, up. I'm doing couch to get 5Ks. You know, a couple of my chaplains are now doing couch to 5Ks. The other ones have enrolled with Pilates classes and bought a bicycle for Christmas because they're feeling sluggish and weighed down and they knew they needed to do this and it was affecting how they worked and their family life because they're a little bit, you know, just not exercising because it's good for you. I'm not doing an exercise plug, but it is good for you. 
yeah, but it inspires others. My consistency on doing what God asked me I can do inspired others. And, it, and it, it's truth. It's like when you do what you're supposed to do and you stay focused on it and you're consistent, other people are watching and you'll help them. So I'm pretty chuffed with that. Yeah, we inspire others by our actions and our consistency. People are watching and listening. Finally, I've learnt that God will give you strength. He's there with you and he's my running coach. He's so lovely. He'll run along and I'll be listening to my worship music. You know, there's a lot of songs that Christians wrote about running. There's a lot of songs that talk about running. So I put those ones on, (laughs) you know, and the chain's been broken off and all these ones. And so... I listen, and he's my running coach, and he, he says, come on, you can do it. And I, Lord, I actually asked him to come running with me. I said, Lord, do you want to come running with me this morning? And angels, you can come too. And, you know, and I'll start to speak the word. If I'm finding it hard and I'm getting to that spot on Taffer Road where I'm like, <gasps> you know, and it's hard, and every couple of days I have to run a bit further, so I have to run a bit longer, and I'm like, how can I do this? And I remember at five minutes, I was like, how can I ever run any further than this? But you know what? I asked God to be my strength. He laid it on my heart to run. He says you'll run and not grow weary. He says that nothing is impossible. He says that he'll help you. He says that he gives us strength. You know, there's a lot of scriptures about running in the Bible. <laughs> You know, and so when I'm running, he reminds me of those. And so I just tell myself, and I say, body, God says I'm to run. He says that I can do this. And I speak to myself. And and it reminds me that God is my strength. And you know what? I'm up to 10 minutes and three-minute break. And soon I'm going to be running up and back down that that taffer road. And that is exactly 5Ks. Amen? And I'm going to do a little photo. I'm not going to do a photo of me. I'll do my running shoes. (laughs) because I might scare you with my red face, but it's not far off. Watch out on Facebook. I'm going to go, woohoo, 5Ks when I get there because I'm on a roll. You know, I realise that you think you you can have barriers in your life where you can't go any further. If you press into him and you hold on to him and you stay focused, those barriers, those lids, they get blasted out of the way. You told me a couple of months ago that I could do that. And I wouldn't have believed you, but look at me now. Yeah? So stay consistent. Know that God is your strength, that you inspire others, that opposition is going to come. But don't worry about it. You just stay focused. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking or doing or saying. I tell you what, as a pastor, I know that. If I look at what that church is doing over there, I will fall in a little heap. I'll get myself in a hole that will turn into a puddle and somebody will have to haul me out. You cannot look what everybody else is doing. You cannot even look at what everybody else is saying. Facebook is not good for that. You know, I'm here, I'm doing this. And I have to stop myself posting. So, you know, because it's like I don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing. I just got to focus on what God has asked me to do. And God says, you know, all through the word it talks about being daily and continuing. So I want to encourage you to be like Jesus. Daily he came to, you know, he came to the Father and spent time. And it says if we do that, if we come to him and we're consistent and we do things day in and day out, that we will run our race and that we'll be the people that God created us to be. The last thing I want to say is that there's a revelation of God that comes from consistency that the inconsistent person will never see. So determine today to be consistent Don't try to base today on yesterday's time with God 
or yesterday's exercise program or the workout last week, base today on today's time with God, today's what you did with your life, and then tomorrow, get up and do it all over again. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that your word instructs us, that even sometimes when it can be a bit ultry when you speak to us, Lord, that you want us to grow, that you created us and planned us with a purpose and you love us, Lord. That's what it's all about, that you love us so much, that you want us to run and to soar and to have a life that we can shout about, that we can look back at this year and go, look what the Lord has done in me. And so, Lord, I pray that the words I've spoken today, that they would not just tickle our ears, but they would sink deep down into our hearts and in our spirits and our minds and bear fruit. Lord, help us to be consistent. Cut off the things in our life that cause us to trip up, to fall down, to be lazy, to be just let go, Lord. And I pray that you would cut those things off and help us to grab hold of the things that you say we can do. Lord, I pray that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to be all that you created us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.